This is Bill Schley, author of The Microscript Rules, How to Tell Your Story and Differentiate Your Brand in a Sentence or Less. This is Lorenzo Gomez, author of The Cilantro Diaries, Business Lessons from the Most Unlikely Places. And this is Episode 10 of The Brand Brothers. Now, almost live from the branding capital of the world, San Antonio, Texas, the city that's won Miss Congeniality of the Miss America pageant seven years in a row, it's the Brand Brothers Season 2, starring Bill Schley and Lorenzo Gomez. They're on a mission to fight the forces of fake branding so you can have great branding. And now, two guys that can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that they never spent a single day in rehab. Get ready for the Brand Brothers. All right, San Antonio Startup Week. Hello, welcome. We are so pumped to have you all here for the first ever live broadcast of the Brand Brothers podcast. Uh, we're super pumped to be here at Basecamp for San Antonio Startup Week. I Look, I have to do this because I've just been so impressed all week. Can we give a huge round of applause to the Startup Week team? They've been amazing. I see Matt here. I see two here in the back. They've just been, they've been crushing it. Uh, and so I'm going to do a couple of shout outs. Uh, so first off, I want to do a shout out to my, my, my Jewish brother from another mother, Bill Schley. He just released the new, the second edition of his book, The Microscript Rules. And, uh, and it's, you know, someone called me the other day and they said, Hey, tell me, tell me a list of the, uh, the most important business books you've ever read. And I said, and I'm not saying this because I have a show with him. This book is one of the top 10 books of my business career. And I, when I was running Geekdom, it was so influential. And so let's give a big round of applause for actually, to Bill for actually finishing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. so we have, uh, we have 20 copies. And so we're going to go through a couple of things. We're going to go through the greatest hits and then we're going to be giving away free copies. Bill's going to sign it later, which he hasn't agreed to. I just put him on the spot right now. Yep. Uh, and so if you have a question, the first 20 questions will get a free signed copy of the Microscript Rules second edition from Mr. Bill Schley. How about that, Bill? I think that's fantastic. Awesome. That's, uh, that's, uh, we should end the show right here. This is while we're ahead. It's end yeah. while we're ahead. Yeah. I got to keep remembering, though, that anything we say can be edited and taken out forever, so we can say anything. <laughs> We can say, and by the way, this is a, uh, we're not on a regular broadcast network, so we can f say the F word. You we can, can say the F word. Full front, frontal nudity yeah, we can we, do. Yeah, we, we, we advise against it. It's the frowned upon here at Startup Week. We haven't done that, but, but season uh, three. Look forward to season three season because three we may be, have. It's going to be the HBO version. That's right. We may have, you know where they says all the things, nudity, adult language. We may have nudity <laughs> on the show. Um, Nobody wants to see me. No, okay, okay. Um, so... Are we, are we, is we're, this it? This, this is, is it. how we're live. We start every show like this. Now, you know, I'm from Boston and that means I'm a Boston, uh, a Patriots fan because I'm from Boston and, and people talk about the great 
the greatest of the great, like Tom Brady, you know, they, they, they're the first to practice at 5 a.m. every single day, and they're the last to leave at midnight every single day, and they throw five, and they're most prepared, and that's why they succeed. And Lorenzo and I basically, how prepare, how much do we prepare for each one of these shows? We, 10 minutes max. I mean, I think 10 minutes like 10, is good. That's 10, 10 that's, 10 we're up max. 10 times. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really us debating, <laughs> you know, what's, minute, what, what we're going to yeah. talk about. But we did think about today's show. Now, I think, um, I don't know. Now, how many people actually are, are brand brothers and sisters? How many people are listening? Raise your hand if you've listened to the show. Have you listened to the oh, show? Oh, you're making our day oh, right now. Oh, boy. That's great. Uh, and they automatically qualify, don't they? <laughs> I mean, I'm easy. They could have a book. All right. I love so, it. Brand Brothers and Sisters. Okay. So now season two is coming out. We've been, we've been recording season two. Remember that we left off with our Christmas special because every big show has got to have a Christmas special. And it was July, but what the hell? You know, we did the <laughs> Christmas special. Um, so I think we have to, we have to, this has to be. Oh, so you're here for our season two Christmas special. Yeah. This is our Christmas special. But the, the problem is we've done so many, we, we had a lot of stuff and a lot of things to cover in the season, but we covered so many things anyway that we had great things that we wanted to do. We didn't even cover our own shows. We didn't even, we didn't even get time to finish all the shows we were going to do this season. Right. Which I think. This may be our Christmas special. We may have to do two or three more shows. You might, yeah, yeah. Well, so, can we give them an example of the shows we were going to do? So we did, uh, so you mean season, oh, you mean the ones we didn't do? Well, we didn't do, but we, we were yeah. supposed to do. Remember well, the, we, the Brondies? We had the Brondies. Well, it, how the, where do we get the Brondies from? So the Brondies were, you know, we were, you know, we're, so we're very humble. Yeah, we're very, very humble. And we thought that we were kind of like Gandhi. We, we liken ourselves. You have to liken yourself. We're going to have a movement of people all over the world following us, following the truth and the justice <laughs> that we espouse. Like other great, you know, leaders of, of great movements and peace and justice, like Gandhi. I mean, and then we realized, well, actually, we're Brondi. We're Brondi. We're yes. Brondi. We've realized that. What do you That's think? Right. Is a, that good? Can we get I a lot of applause? And for so that? we're going to have, we're going to have an applaud, will you? <laughs> We're gonna have the Brandy Awards. Wait, wait, is where we went with. That. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, the Brandy Awards, like the Brandies, but the Brandies. Yes. We're gonna give out the, the awards. You get the for you know best brand, worst brand, brands we love, brands we hate. And the, and the reason for that is that Bill and I have a running list of email and texts of brands that we see that suck and brands that we see that we love. And so we're always we're always emailing each other. Pictures from Instagram and Twitter or billboards yeah. where we go like, yeah. oh my god, that was complete garbage, or. And we don't get enough credit for this, the things that are actually working well. So there's well, a lot of stuff that works well. Right. So we're going to do a couple episodes. There are that. actually people out there that do, doing this the right way. You yes. know, I just realized something that the reason why I think it's dark and, and my circadian rhythm. Yes. The same rhythm that a rabbit has. I'm, I'm starting to go to sleep now. Not because you're talking. It's because I have these shades on. I can't see anything with these on. So I'm going out of character now. This is the real Brand Brothers here. Yeah, so so that was but the brown, the Brandies were and we didn't get it, so we still might have to do the Brandies. So this, you know, we we have a whole season in the can that's going to be coming out again. soon. Yeah, and uh, and so this is this might be our last episode, or we'll, we'll record a couple others. But yeah. let's get into. So I want to get in with a story. Oh, you do. So we did season one, and um, season mm -hmm. one was was very well received. We were. The number one in Philippines, and all I've wanted to ever be in life was number one in a country where, like, people were throwing flowers at you, you know. And 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 I yeah. still haven't told my mother because I want to be number one in the Philippines. Yeah, you know what happened? Yeah, you know what happened to me? Tell me. Every time I call up, you know, those one of those airline reps or something, you know, and if I get the same, hello, Mister Schley, <laughs> and I go, are you in the Philippines? Yes, I am. Do you sell the Brand Brothers? And I go, what's your? I say, hey, do you know that that that, that we're? Do you listen to podcasts? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> 
Do you know that we are, you are selling? famous? I swear to God. She goes, really? And then she, and then, and then in the Philippines, it's, remember, it's four o'clock in the morning. These poor people are up all night long. She goes on internet and she sees the Brand Brothers while I'm talking to her and she signs up. Of course she does. Maybe that's why they're with 28. <laughs> no, no, we're actually number 26 in the whole country okay. in all of I, in all in of the podcasts. Philippines. In the Philippines. But that's hey, all I've ever wanted. Okay. Come on, come on. It's me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had so, 28. We went from having one listener. Yes. And even that listener didn't listen, actually. <laughs> yeah. To it was my mom. 28 countries around the world. That's right. Sure. That's right. Yeah. And so season one was really good. We had, uh, we broke the top 100 on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, I think, 15,000, about 15,000 downloads on the show. Okay, uh, remember, this is the age of Donald Trump. We have 500,000 downloads. <laughs> That is fake okay. news, sir. That is no, fake it's not news. fake news. It's five hundred thousand <laughs> downloads, and we're the number. That's pe- our goal. And you know what? Something people say. People say that we're the number one podcast in the world. Okay. Some people. My mother definitely right. says that. There you she go. She doesn't know there what a podcast. Go. She's like, yeah. Nicole, what's a podcast? That's right. That's so. Right. One of the things that that we learned is we launched the show, and we started we we started getting feedback and feedback some good, some bad. Um, but everybody started talking about there's a there's a story. In season one, early on, that we call the red story, and this story came up over and over again, and it even it even showed up in our reviews. Mm-hmm. And so, just show hands. Has anybody here heard the red story? The red and brand. So, okay, the red brand. So, what I wanted to do is, I wanted to kick off the show with you retelling the red brand because the first time that you told me that story, mm-hmm. I really loved it, and uh, and and apparently the world loves it too. Mm-hmm. And I think that this was. A classic example of why we started the show. Why we started the show was to help people that th- that that were getting well, duped by we're, fake we're branders. On a, we're on a mission from God for what reason, Lorenzo? Well, to we're save we're the world fight, from fake branding. We're fighting evil forces of fake evil forces branding. of break, fake branding. Fake branding. Yes. yes. We yeah. decided someone had to keep the forgotten secrets of the madmen alive. Well, and we were tired of going to Rosella and Bohannon's and getting mm-hmm. angry and getting drunk and telling these stories to sure. ourselves. Yeah. And so we yeah. decided to share them with the world. So tell us the red brand story. All right. Well, we, uh, he said, all right, okay. If you, if you force me, I'll tell it. <laughs> So, you know, fake branding, we talk about what's great branding, what's fake branding, and, you know, fake branding is what, fake branding is branding that, for example, branding that doesn't know that it's about sales. Right. Brand people will think they're about some mystical, magical, almost religious, philosophical, theoretical thing that is so powerful and so brilliant and insightful that you have to have a PhD in philosophy and you need to hire our agency to interpret you. Don't even ask what it is. Don't even look at what it is. <laughs> Just trust us. Branding is this mystical one real thing. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. And, 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 and the reason it's important for Startup Week is that yeah, most yeah. of the people here are entrepreneurs sure. doing the hard work. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, and so yeah, when you yeah. do use branding the right. correct way, mm-hmm. it's going to help you sell. Right. And the thing is, if you're crusaders for truth, like me and Lorenzo, and I say me and Lorenzo because I went to an Ivy League school, and that's how I still talk that way. <laughs> if you're crusaders for truth, what bothers you about fake branding is that there are people, there are people that need this stuff. They really, really, entrepreneurs, people with businesses, they really, really have a story to tell. And, and customers need what they have. The hardest thing, and what branding is all about, is getting an idea that's in your head into other people's heads. And that's a hard thing to do. And that's what branding is supposed to do. So that people understand the value of something. We got a lot of stories about this. Um, so, and when we see people uh, putting out this phony stuff, 
and saying it's all these crazy things and it's, and the new media has changed it and branding has changed forever. We say, yeah, but see, technology changes every day, but humanity never does. That's right. People are still the same. And the things that people need to do and the reason, the pain that they have that you need to take away or the, or the, or the opportunity you give somebody that doesn't have any to have a new opportunity to succeed in a way they could, that, that is, is all, as long as we're human beings, those things are the same. And no matter how technical your product is, it has to fill one of those. It makes someone better or worse. So it has to be those things. And then we see people selling this horse shit and the horse shit, it's unfortunate because it just isn't true. And, and a lot of people suffer, especially entrepreneurs we meet. Who deserve better than this? So we decided to be the crusaders for these forgotten secrets. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I want to, Lorenzo. It's not just he's Lorenzo has a thing about CMOs. <laughs> which which is the chief marketing officer. Now, yeah. if you're a small business, yeah. if you already have a chief marketing officer, you're probably you've probably been misguided, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't need a mm-hmm. chief marketing officer if you're that mm-hmm. small, mm-hmm. and so. But we've encountered chief marketing officers, and it's not to say that they're bad. There's lots of great ones out they're there. Not bad, but we've just encountered a lot of bad ones. Well, and they're, man- they're they're managers, but they're 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 executors if they're good. In other words, they get stuff done, and they're managers. But in terms of being creative or strategic, not not necessarily. Matter of fact, a lot of times, not at all. Yeah. Well, the bigger the company. You're taking a lot of risk as the CMO. Yes. And yes, most yes. people in big companies don't want to take risks, right? Yeah. There's an old saying that says, mm-hmm. you never get fired for hiring IBM. Yes. Because right? they're the safe choice, right? Yep. And so yep. a, a, a chief marketing officer mm-hmm. is going to roll out a radical USP right. mm-hmm. is really putting themselves, you know, in a position right. of danger. Right. And so, and then, and then there was a company that you worked with. I worked with, a, I worked, I've worked, now I've worked with several giant Fortune 500 global companies. I've worked with, and I worked with a, one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world. I worked with the biggest super, biggest supermarket company in the world outside of Texas. This is before I even knew about Texas. And it was Kroger. And they said, you know, boo. one thing about Kroger is, Kroger's, Kroger is the biggest H-E-B's supermarket bomb. company in the world. But you know what? They tried to get into Texas and they ran for their lives. No, no. I worked at Texas. H-E-B during that time. No, H-E-B Kroger. spanked them. And I said, really? Texas, huh? And they said, yeah, there's this little company called H-E-B, and they just friggin' re- they just it makes they me so like mad that they called H-E-B the gates, little. Bam. And I said, man, something's, some, Texas has got something Do we have any H-E-B partners it. or ex-partners? Anybody yeah. ever worked for H-E-B? That, that's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah. Okay. So there's other. I'm not going to name this company, but. So here's a CMO that comes in. She's the new CMO. And I, everybody wants me to meet with her. But, you know, and I meet with the new CMO. And the, and the new CMO, now what she had done is she'd come in, she'd come from a big corporate thing, corporate place. She was, um, she had fired a lot of people that I, that were there that I thought were really, really good people and she was moving them out. And it turned out that she was moving in the people that I thought were like little cockroaches, little cucarachas. Little cucarachas coming out of the little weasels. Ones, the ones, the little weasels that survive after all the good people are gone. They're still after, and they're still there. Those people <laughs> in the corporation, those were the ones that were rising up under her leadership. Yikes! She was making about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, and she because they recruit them, you know, because they always say, "Oh, this CMO is going to bring us up to the, they're going to change marketing and everything." So, so she was making about seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. She'd come from all these corporations, and um, she was going to meet with me and talk strategy. And she got stock options too. Now that's a lot of money seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. 
So we sit down and we start to say, she says, you know, I have this idea for this campaign. You know, we have to get out the campaign. Um, we've done focus groups in 90, in 90 countries. We've done, um, all of our tests. We've done scientific testing. We've done nuclear testing. We've done every, every kind of testing. We've killed people. Don't, we've had people <laughs> killed, killed, yeah. um, all over the world. And now we and have this it. campaign. This is the new, we're positioning, positioning the company, positioning. Um, so I'd like to see what you think. Cause I, I hear that you know about these things called microscripts and, Maybe you'll have some ideas for us, some microscripts. Um, and I, and by the way, I have, a, I have a hard stop in three minutes from now. Hard stop. <laughs> the old hard stop. Hard stop, hard stop. Was she so, a Harvard MBA? No, but, no, but she could have was, been. I don't know what she. That's right. Continue, so, please. So uh, I said, okay, you know. Now, you understand, we'd already branded this company in a big, huge, giant way, but still she was going to do this campaign, so I didn't know what this positioning was going to be. Turned out it was just an advertising campaign, so I wasn't too worried about that. But she didn't know that it would. She thought it was positioning. So then she says, okay, I'm going to show you something. I don't want you to comment until you see what it is. I'm going to show you this um, compendium on this piece of paper, this collage. This is all the competitive advertising, all the brands. <laughs> I just have to say, this is, see, we're, this is what happens when you're, when you're glamorous celebrities Glamorous people come in and they find you. One, one just walked in. So here, here's it. So, but she said, you know, I'm going to show you a compendium. Now, this was our agency did this. They put it together. It cost us fifty thousand dollars just to get this compendium on a piece of paper. Which, by the way, I'm going to Google right. what compendium means oh, our, our, after, our the, after this show. It, it's, it's, in other words, a collage. Got it. I want to show you this thing. She pulls out this piece of paper and it's all these little tiny spots like mosaics on the piece of paper. And it's just, what do you notice about them all? I couldn't read it. But there was like a thousand of these little things. Our agency did this at our, at our request, at our direction. Okay. What was she, it? Well, she shows me this thing and, the, and, and, and I said, I don't know. She says, you see all the ads? These are all competitive. What, what do you see about them? I go, uh, I don't know. She says, they're blue. They're all blue. They're blue. Okay. And they were kind of bluish color, you know, like IBM and stuff. Now, I'm going to show you something. I know you're going to be thrilled and excited by this. Let me show you something else. This is our ad. So she shows us the ad. This is the new thing. She's telling me it's positioning. And it's a very pure red thing. It's red with lines, white lines, and the name of the company and the tagline. Actually, our tagline. And there it was. She says, what do you, what, what do you see? Look at what it is. There's a blue. Ours is red. <laughs> Mic drop. Boom. That was her, that was it. Now I'm in there, okay? And I'm supposed to be political and polite. I'm supposed to be a consultant. I'm supposed to always say, oh, great idea. You know, great. Let's test it. But I, I couldn't even talk. I couldn't even talk. So, so okay, let me just get she, straight. Wait, so she's telling me. That this is positioning, which is yeah. She thought this was the the, the difference for the whole company. This is the difference between the us whole and company else was going to make you want to buy yeah this buy their products. Was everything their competitors blue, ours is red, and it's going to make them become bigger than IBM, bigger than than you name it, bigger than Amazon, I think, I Microsoft, think, everything. This I is think, red. I think she deserved another three hundred thousand dollars. <sighs> I don't know about our crowd here, but I. I think she's severely underpaid for that genius but you see, insight. And, and I sat there at that moment. At that moment, I said, you know, 
Where's Lorenzo? <laughs> <laughs> I would have broken something. Or where's my Where's my fainted. brand brother? We started conspiring that we have to be, you know, like the secret guy. You know, there's always TV shows about these secret guys. Yes. In the in the Revolutionary War, but they're actually spies, and they go out and they change the whole. <laughs> that that was us, but that was. You know, it may not have been as good as you, but it was still the no, red brand story. But but let's let's talk about why we hate that story. Yeah. Why we love and hate that story. The reason well. isn't you know here you have this really highly paid woman that is paid to help get leads to position the company where there's a real difference to get leads yeah. for the positioning, sales guys. A positioning is a difference that only That's you right. can own. That's and right. You, and you own that like a little piece of real estate in the That's mind. Right. You own that difference. And, and so and what what pisses us off is that yeah. no sales guy at that company is going to go, man, you know. Thank God for that red campaign because the yeah. leads are, the phones are ringing and people are going, I'm like, I can't get enough of that red campaign. Yeah. You know, give me your product, right? And, and, and the reason that that story I think resonates is that so much of fake branding out there mm-hmm. is stories like the red campaign where people are, are peddling things that are not really branding or, like or, stuff. um, uh, you know, what is it that you say, uh, uh page views? Right. It, it's well, not yeah. it's not about page views, it's about a difference. One one more thing. Look, you know, guys, by now if you haven't listened to the Brand Brothers, you probably know this is us kind of ranting about the thing. We have <laughs> there's a, we have one one really favorite uh segment of our show that people look forward to all the time is uh w- which we haven't done, but what pissed Bill off today. And and <laughs> it was a big thing in season it's 1. It's a long list. We're going to come back in season 2 and it doesn't have nothing to do with branding. Yeah, but so another thing that happened the same place. These are big corporations that uh, we got these agency pitches. Their agencies came in, and these are the, some of the biggest agencies in the world. Now I came from Ted Bates. This is the real Don Draper Mad Men agency. Who watches Mad Men? Show of hands. It's pretty good, right? Okay. So Bill worked for I the was, real company. The real company. The real Don Draper was a guy named Rosser Reeves. And if you go to our website, you can see about this. But he wrote a book called Reality and Advertising. He's the guy that invented something called the USP, unique selling proposition, which we call the dominant selling idea. But same thing, which is also its positioning. When Bill says we, it's really him. I mean, I say too. These are the guys, the tagline guys that came up with melts in your mouth, not in your hand. And the brands that have lived for 100 years. And Ross Reeves' agency sold more toothpaste, more cigarettes, more baked beans, more laxatives, more, uh, what do you call it? Denture cream, more every, more beer, more everything in the world than any other agency in history. Mm. They did. So that's awesome. Okay. So that's, so that's, so that's, yeah. that's where we come from. So, oh, okay. I'm sorry. So you were, you were, you were so going towards agency, agency came in, agency came in. And these are real agencies. And one of the guys said, you know, no, <laughs> wait, 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 this is. I, as a storyteller, I love this story because yeah. let's set it up. So uh, when Bill tells the story, normally we're really drunk, right? And so <laughs> the story's much funnier. But there's a cast of characters that these big companies fly in. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. And so yeah, you've yeah. got the guy in the black turtleneck. Okay, so okay. they have the creative director. He's always just all in black. He's got black turtleneck. He's got black glasses on. He's got probably shoes, British black sauce, black <laughs> underwear. He does. He's got black hair. He's he's got everything. It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he and he hot talks with a British accent. And then, and then what? Then they have, they, oh, then they have a British, uh, uh, they always have a British accent, um, cr- uh, what do you call account it? Person. Account person. Account director, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the account manager. So there they are, they'll sit there. The guy says, we like to tell companies. Th- so wait, wait, no, no. So this is, now you're in the real story. So this is what they're telling this company. So you're actually in I'm this with, I'm in the pitch, and they don't know yes. that I'm there. Yeah, okay. They don't, they don't know, know what they're John dealing with. Draper Jr., not Junior, <laughs> but the guy Grand that Junior. was there. Yes. 
when it, I was a little cub and everything, yes. is listening to this bullshit. And they say, you know, we try to tell our customers, you know, don't really, you know, um, don't even, don't even focus on your product. Don't even, you know, really, really don't even make a big deal about your product. Don't feature your product because people don't care about your product. I mean, product? your product is boring. Your product is boring. I mean, air conditioners, who cares? Toothpaste, who cares? You know, my job as a brander is to make people laugh or make people cry. Because, you know, buying is an emotional decision, so my job is to make them emotional. <laughs> and then when I do make them emotional, even though they have no idea what the product is, but I make them emotional, then, you know, you get tens of millions of page views. Our customers get millions of page views. <laughs> And I go, really? So you want laugh or cry? What about buy? What about buy? You sniveling little softball marshmallow <laughs> piece of shit. Beep, beep, beep. I go, if you were Ted Bates in 19, when I was at Ted Bates and you had said that, they would have put down their cigarettes because they are, and their scotch bottles. They would have walked over to the window on the 29th floor. They would have held you that down. They would have taken a chair, broken the window, and thrown you out. <laughs> because, yeah. because the job of what your job is to do is to make our, my product the most interesting possible thing that I could be looking at in that 30 or 60 or seconds or whatever. And that's hard. But anybody can put a bear in a pink tutu dancing a jig on the roof of your house. By the way, don't laugh because I've done that. I've, I've, <laughs> I, I, I danced at a pink tutu on the roof of my house once because I told my kids I was going to do it. But don't, that's a whole other but story. But the branding principle is. There's actually is. pictures of that. Yes. But the, you can put a, a bear in a pink tutu on the, on the roof of your house and the whole town will come out to watch that bear. But nobody's going to buy your house. Right. That's so the you, key. I can light a cat on fire and send them out across Route 10. Which we would never condone. Well, I wouldn't ever because I love kitties. Yeah, I love kitties. But, yeah. And I get 10 me, but no one will buy. The point is, once you get their attention, that's just, you just begun. Now right. you have to give people a reason to buy this thing. People that are going to, they're going to hand over their hard earned money for something that you do. And it better be a reason to buy. And so that's right. This is. Why? Which, by the way, I want to I want to talk about one of the things you said. So, one of the reasons we love we we the love show, by the way, hate the show is going to be four hours today. <laughs> so you guys better because no. we're going and there's no time limit. <laughs> oh, there is. I so, so okay, one of the reasons yep. we love slash hate this story yeah. Yeah. is that is that you know one of the things that this agency says is you know your product oh, yeah. is boring. You yeah. sell air conditioning. So I worked for uh, a startup called uh, City Voice way back in the day, and it was an SEO company. And when I was there, our number one customer was an, was an air conditioning company. And during the summer in, in San Antonio, when it was 100 degrees, right, they would spend $90,000 a month to be number one on Google. Because they knew when you typed in the words AC repair and it was 100 degrees, they were going to sell you $10,000 AC. And that's when I realized that Selling air conditioning is very exciting, yep. <laughs> right? Selling air conditioning, selling plumbing is very exciting. But I think that the true branders understand and true branding is about taking your product and making it interesting. And these agencies, and, and, the, and this is really the, the, our campaign against fake branding, is that there's this whole notion that the art is more important than the product and that the art is about the art and not about the sales pitch. And for all the entrepreneurs in this room, your product is the most important thing in your life. And so our mission is to help you make it the most important thing in your life so that you can sell your product to someone else. That is really the, the, the mission we're on. And that's when yeah. we hear these stories. 
we kind of black out and get in rage strokes and then go drink a bunch of alcohol. And it's what we have to do. The other thing is that, see, you have to, no matter how good your product is, and a lot of technology startups, technology people, a lot of engineers, people believe, they believe that their product is is wonderful and great, and they believe it's a better product, so people are automatically going to buy because... You know something? If you build a better mousetrap, the world beats a path to your door. That's a famous, famous old phrase, a microscript. The problem is, in reality, if you build a better mousetrap, the world thinks you're a pain in the ass, and they (laughs) want you to go away. And the reason is, their old mousetrap works just fine. They've got a 1,000 people already using it. It doesn't break. They're not at any risk, and the guy who's in charge of that thing has a a safe, secure job, and he doesn't have to buy anything new. To buy something new, even if it's better in one way, he knows that there might be a lot of ways that it's not exactly perfect because no product is perfect. And so he knows there's a risk to buy anything new, no matter how good it looks at first. There's a buying risk. And his risk is that he will lose his job if he makes a bad decision. Right. And therefore, you have a better mousetrap. You've got this great piece of software, this great app, but you have to sell it to people. That you yes. have to get them over the fear of buying. And therefore, you have to have an idea of a difference. The, and, and see, this idea of a difference, we call the dominant selling idea. This one thing that, that, that you do that nobody else does, and every company has one if you know where to look. This idea of a difference, a little story about that difference because every brand is really a little story. There's a story about there once once there was a problem, a company came along to fix it. They did this and this, and now the world has changed. Every single brand has a little story. And finally, we learned doing this for 30 years that there was something else, another piece of the puzzle, and that's something we call the microscript. And a microscript is a little short phrase. Up to a sentence can be short. It can even be a name, can be a microscript. That people love to remember and repeat. And when you have something like that, that little microscript sticks in their mind. It's what they file. It tells them the difference of your product, and it triggers the whole big story every time they hear it. So that's our, that's the formula. That's how these, and the great brand titans, the madmen, they knew this. They didn't call it this, but they created taglines like, it melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Wheaties, breakfast of champion. Get a piece of the rock. Rolades. Well, how do you spell relief? R O L A I D S. But they said Rolades consumes Fixed vapor action. Four, yeah, halls with vapor action. Oh yeah. See, Hall they did stuff. all these things that were you know prudential. Get a piece of the rock. These unforgettable things, and they put them in these little sentences that nobody could forget that triggered the difference. And so that truth has never changed. It's only gotten more important. So because see this thing. You know what this is? You hear all the social media people saying you don't get it because it's all the technologies change everything. The number one medium and the only medium you need to care about, the only one, is what is a 50,000-year-old medium that cavemen used called word of mouth. I can do it right now. That's Dude, right. It's got to be a scam. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, it's student, it's a word of mouth. So now that you, so the idea of having something you can remember and re- repeat is more important than ever, especially when you want to cut through fifty million messages that come by. And That's right. Okay. So one thing I want to interrupt real yes. quick. Yes. So uh, where's Alex? Do we have our note cards, Alex? Do we have note cards. So if you ah. have a question, we're gonna please raise your hand, and we're gonna start taking questions because we're in the back end of our hour. 
Um, How long and, have we been going, by the way? Thirty-seven minutes already. We're we're, we're in. And so, but but <laughs> while disclosure, while Full you're writing your questions, yeah. I'm going to ask Bill two questions to mm-hmm. set you up for questions. Then we're going to take questions. And for everybody, just to remind you, for everybody that asks a question, you're going to get the hot off the press second edition, newly published Microscript Rules, uh, which is the only book in marketing you ever need. Period. And we're super excited. So I want. Yep. What I want to what I want to ask you to tell the audience is that mm-hmm. you know um, I I was once asked by someone they said uh, you know nobody knows <laughs> actually it was somebody who said nobody knows what branding is nobody knows what branding is and they said no Lorenzo no, no one knows what what branding is oh. I said no and they said Lorenzo what's your definition of a brand yeah and I said what's well, funny you should ask because my yeah. branding guru has a definition for what a brand is will you tell the audience what what is our definition of a brand. Okay, I'm glad. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and the the hint is it's attaching something to something. <laughs> well, see, see, one thing you when you do all this stuff, you start to get around to the universal theory of everything, which gets almost gets very spiritual because it all gets about everything comes back to one important thing, and then you realize that the whole all of nature's about that. You know, you end up it's all very important. So you come back to these very simple definitions. People talk about branding as all these complex things, but what it really boils down to, I'm serious, you guys, it says this simple. All, it, all a brand is is a name attached to an idea. Now, let's just stop. That's how simple it is. I just, I love this because most people will pass by that, and it's mm-hmm. such a revolutionary idea. It's a yeah. name, it's an idea attached to a name. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the... Oh, it's an idea attached to a name. And yeah. I, I think that what I love about it is that, like, you take Nike. I mm-hmm. always thought that Nike was the swoosh, Nike was the just do it. But it was, but the idea is that the world's most successful, amazing athletes are the ones that wear our shoes, right? right. That's the idea right. that they've attached their right. name to. And so here's what else happens. Because the brain does this automatically. Because if you read the book, the, the first chapter is about these little heuristics called rules of thumb. What happens is in at times of mortal danger, if anyone's ever been in mortal danger, like my favorite one is, you know, you're taking a selfie with the bear cub and you realize the mother just noticed that you're holding her bear cub. <laughs> that's, that's a moment when things get simple. You know what I mean? <laughs> or your, or your, or your plane's on fire. It just went on fire and things are simple now. There's the a parachute yes. door. Everything Priorities is Priorities get straight. Cause what happens is what the brain does is, it, at that kind of moment, it, it throws out all the data. It says the simple message wins. It wants the least, it, it, it wants the least amount of data possible to make the best decision. It says too much data makes us dumber. And by the way, that's why the CMOs screw up so much. Because what they do is, you, we go out, you know, a giant corporation, we figure out their, their brand positioning in one week, then they go test it. And they get so much data from the test, they forget even what the questions were. This really mm. is true. So you, so you, you need to get down to the, the, the simple message wins, and that's why people like these little microscripts and like these little taglines, right? So the idea that a name attached to a brand is really, is really what it is, right? You know something, Lorenzo? I think, I think that uh, infusion that I had of uh, Jameson, no, it's starting to fail. <laughs> Um, but, but now just one thing though. But if it's an idea, if it's a selling brand, everybody, selling brand, cause listen, a brand is anything with an idea. So France is a brand. Adolf Hitler is a brand. Okay. Um, Richard Nixon's a brand. These aren't brands I want to buy. These aren't brands that are good, but they're, it's an idea of something, right? It's an idea of something. If you want, if it's commercial and you want something to buy your brand, so it's a selling brand, then your idea is a very special kind of idea. It's called the dominant selling idea. 
and it has five parts. It says, this is, you, I'm the best at something, and you have to find out what you're best at. That's your category, which is number one. It says it's an important thing. People care about it. It has to be, be, be believable coming from you. Because people, like we keep saying now, people won't buy Colgate t- toothpaste. They won't buy Colgate bacon. And Colgate even tried to make Colgate. It's the best one. I can't Did they really it. try to make bacon? They really, really did. This That's not, the this dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, but Colgate, see, in, inside the corporation, their board is, well, our brand is so important, they'll buy anything we make. Because everybody loves Colgate. But see, they, they're stupid. They don't realize it doesn't work that way. Um, it has to be measurable. You have to see it working. Okay. So you remember with, uh, when Fernando Lama sold uh, Chrysler, he said, you know, you smell the rich Corinthian leather. Corinthian leather, yes, Rich of Corinthian leather. Yes. Well, they, that's because you could, and they spray this in the, and then lastly, it has to be ownable by you. So that that's a very special kind of idea. If you have that idea attached to your name, then your brand, and here's the thing, Volvo Safe Car. Right. See what I mean? That's how this stuff works. Geekdom. By the way, is Nick Longo, the great Nick Longo, still here? Is the great Nick Longo? He just like he was here. He came up with the greatest one-word microscript ever, which is geekdom. Yeah. And I've always noted that it's uh, it, it just launches the story. So Matt, yeah. I'm going to give you the first. So the first question. All right. So then we're going to ask you, whoever asked this question, raise your hand. Matt's going to give you this book. I love it. And by the way, I've read through some of the okay, questions so already. This is the first time we've ever had a live audience. Absolutely. And actually going to take real questions from real people. I'm going to tell you right now that all the questions you've asked, there is an episode on the Brand Brothers that answers these questions. And I'll tell you something, but listen to this. If, if these questions, we want you to really think about them because we're going to do, we're going to start going to do a new segment called the Brand Brothers Breakdown. Where That's we're right. going to get you on the show to talk about your brand and we're going to make you so, you know, Crazy doing it, you're gonna have a nervous breakdown. That's what we call it. No, the Brand Brothers breakdown. Okay. All right. So the first question, and I'm gonna take this one, but I want you to elaborate. So the first, sure. this is, this is, the reason I'm taking this one is this is what we call a softball question. Ah. So this question is, what is the mic, what is your microscript for microscripts? And so whoever did that, raise your hand. Matt's gonna give you a book. Uh, and so, I wanna tell you that the microscript for microscripts is on the front of the book. It's how to tell your story and differentiate differentiate your brand in a sentence or less. That's the actual microscript of a microscript. I don't know if you yeah, elaborate. Yeah, that's a, pre- that's a pretty good one. Okay, so let's go because I'm going to give you some of the rules of microscripts, and I can say them because I made them up. <laughs> it's great. It's good <laughs> to be king. He actually made them up. It really is good to be king. But I didn't really make them up. I, tr- I listened. I translated them. I tried to figure out because no one ever told us anything when we were cubs at Ted Bates. We had to make it up. So I wish I had a book like this. Um, what a microscript is, it's, it's, it's a little short line that people like to remember and repeat. But the way you know you have one is you come up with certain ones. You think these are pretty good lines. And then you have to talk to other people and say these lines. And the ones they say back to you. Even right in that conversation, those are the microscripts. And there's no way to know ahead of time and just hear which of the ones they say back. For example, we, re- re- we came up with microscripts because I was on a radio show in Washington, D.C. We were talking about why the Republicans kept winning. And, I, and we re- this was 10 years ago. And I said, you know what they're doing? They're, doing, they're giving little scripts. They're giving people little tiny scripts to say, like, he's a flip-flopper or he followed the murderer or is, is a... Uh, are you better off today than you were four years ago? These wonderful little sayings that people remember and repeated, they're giving people little scripts, word for word, and now they can have a political conversation. It's little micro scripts, and that's where it came from. So I started talking about, and I realized the taglines were the same thing. 
start talking to people about microscripts. And when I stood around five people and said this word microscript, everybody started to talk about microscripts in the conversation back to me. They said, oh yeah, microscript this, or I have this microscript, or somebody else microscript, or we need microscripts. I realized that microscript itself was a microscript because it was repeated. And, and all and, it meant was little script. Yeah. Well, and also, for those of you who don't know, uh, Bill's first edition of this book, the t- the uh, the subtitle was different. So this subtitle is yeah. uh, how to do, how to tell your story and differentiate differentiate your brand in a sense or less. The original one was, and I love it, and it's actually it's a chapter on the cover. In the book. So, but it's on the cover because yeah. we couldn't get we couldn't leave. The the original one was it's not what people hear, it's what they repeat. And there's so much of your sales pitch that you want people to repeat that's just unrepeatable. And I remember uh, I remember at Geekdom we tried a bunch of things, and the one that really was repeated all the time was. Oh, it's like a gym membership for geeks. Yeah. And, and we, and tries, we tried to get more clever about it and Mm. cooler, but that's what people repeated. And we went, that's the one we had to stick with. And I think that's really what you're looking for. So great, great question. Um, so (laughs) was there a brand that was so bad that it made you start this podcast? Yes. And, uh, and that is worthy of a book. Tell us the story of, was that your question? Ah, <laughs> all right, all right. Um, we can't make these things too long now. Yeah, 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 yeah. People are going to start leaving. You know, they're at this point, no, no, of course, starting to get polite. Now, of course, of course, because I'm looking glazed over, and, and we're how, what do we have? Ten minutes to go? Ten minutes? Yeah, 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 yeah. It goes because on. what happens is we're keeping them between now and their drink at this point. No, just one thing. Our our big one right now is I think. The, the the aurora borealis of stupid branding and this is this is the, this is the milky way this is this is the most amazing thing again by a giant corporation AT&T may they rest in hell because they left San Antonio that's right amen amen to if that if they stayed in the branding capital of the world they wouldn't have done this that's right if you notice on television they have and their commercial now is called they have you know they got AT and then little ampersand NT NT the commercial is the power of and. <laughs> the power of and. Yeah. Come on. And. Now, I don't know about you, but I never went into, I'm going to, the guy, I got the this store, the that store, T-Mobile, Sprint, whatever, and I said, you know, I, could I, I want and. I want yeah. more and, and I'd like to come in. I That's love what, you for your I and. I love you for your and. The and is so incredible. It's amazing. It's like the most ridiculous. Ridiculous, and it, it had to be. It, it was rationalized by some very glib New York agency, which was getting millions of dollars. They pitched it to the top leadership. The top leadership bought some philosophical complete shit. What do you think that cost them? Million? Millions? Seriously? Millions? Well, and then they, no, but then they but then they also rolled it out around the planet. <laughs> yeah, so it cost millions and millions. But honestly, listen, let's seriously, let's just get let's just, let's say you own your own business. Remember the Aflac duck. We, my first book, what I wanted to do is have me standing there with a roast Aflac duck on a platter, <laughs> about to serve it for Thanksgiving and say, here's your Aflac duck. Um, because the thing is, it, they get commercials on TV forever, but no one knew what Aflac, I bet no one here could tell you what Aflac is. They've all heard Aflac. Yeah, it's insurance. What kind of insurance? I mean, everything's insurance. Do you know what kind of insurance it is? Oh, okay, Andy, see, come see, on. Don't you think by now, though, after after 10 years and hundreds of millions of dollars of advertising, you might know what the difference is and what it actually is? No one knows. See, yeah. I wouldn't do that if I had their money. But Right. Okay, right. so that's the thing. If you 
had a company and you were desperate, every last dollar of your life and your existence was in that company, your blood, sweat, and tears, would you say, you know, really the difference is and? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> why you should buy me. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's what's so silly about that stuff. And, yeah. and, and what, one more, this is a big point. Yeah. Everybody thinks, okay, I can't do this because I don't have millions and hundreds of millions of dollars of budget to be on Super Bowl commercials. That's actually your advantage because, you see, the big corporations most of the time do advertising that's so bad and so terrible because they have to go through nine layers of committees, 17 bureaucracies, 15 different compliance officers. Then they have to go through a new thing. What's the, with the department that controls the costs? They have another, and they get all the way to the chairman. They get to a chairman who's only there because he's the best politician there ever was and he never took a risk in his life. And you know what they come up with? The power of possible. <laughs> that's, that's a real True one. story. Do you know what, you know what that is? They don't even know what that is. Power possible to come with a passion to make a difference. Whereas you guys come up with stuff like, you know, incredible stuff like, um, I mean, well, all the little ones, like the on-time plumber. What are all the ones? We're like Yeti, for example. Yeah. Yeti, a couple little kids, you know, build stronger, holds ice longer. Yeah. Or the pork one. What's the pork one that we hate? There's a million of them. The pork one is, uh, oh, that we hate? Get inspired. Be inspired. Oh, well, yeah. Pork was the other white meat, which put them on the map. That was a real positioning and a real reframe. See, they told a different story. They said, what you think is something else. Pork is the other white meat. Pork went crazy. They changed. They got a new CMO, and they changed it to pork. Be inspired. Womp womp. Chicken can make that claim. My, you know, I'm inspired chickens, by salmon, chickens, okay? Chickens, really? I'm, I'm inspired by uh, I'm inspired by spam. By, okay, so keep going. Okay, wait. So we another question. You and see, this, we're th very passionate about this. This is actually very good. That's why we're both going to go and have the rest of our drinks after this. That's right. Okay, right across so, the street. Uh, so whoever asks the question, get ready for a free book. What are some of the reasons a company should rebrand it? I'm going to set you up for this one. Ah. Because on the Brand Brothers show, you tell the story about an airline that had to go through this rebrand. Tell, tell the audience that story. All right. Great Once question. again, most of the times companies rebrand too soon. They rebrand because for non-vented here, they get an, I, I, I'm sorry to keep, but they get some new administration in there, a new marketing department, a new marketing director, and they say, you know what? I got to put my stamp on this. And whatever the marketing is, I have to show my value. So I'm going to change the brand. And the first thing they do is they hire an agent, they hire a consulting firm for six months. They pay a lot of money to prove that they, all their stuff. So then they, they can change. They can say, well, Bain and company said this. But that's what happens. What happens though is a brand starts like a little tree, like a little chestnut in the ground. It sprouts leaves. And you know what? If you let it there and it's a good brand, it grows. It grows and it gets bigger. And then it sprouts, but pretty soon it sprouts branches. And if you let it go, it becomes a whole tree. Now, if every time that little brand, a good brand, you get just above the ground and a new CMO comes up and cuts it off at its knees, it's dead and you got to start all over again. That's so right. the thing is you don't want to change your brand unless you have to. Now, sometimes you have to. Three reasons. One is you have a disaster. Air, uh, what is it called? Value Jet. Value Jet. That was a, was a jet uh, airline. I like airlines and stuff. They, 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 they crashed in Florida in a swamp. And everybody died, and it was a bad, bad thing. And Value Jet's brand, remember, brand's not what's in your head. The brand is what's in other people's head. So all of a sudden, the Value Jet brand in one day, because they got $10 trillion around the world of global um, publicity for this, this bad advertising, it said, and Value Jet meant dead in a swamp. Okay? That's what the brand meant, crashed in a swamp. And you can't come back from that. And so what they did was they changed and they became Airtran. You might know who Airtran is. They had to rebrand. 
because that's what the symbol was. Another one was Air Florida, maybe before you were born. But it took off in a snowstorm in Washington, hit the 14th Street Bridge, and for the next week, the tail, the brand, was sticking out of the river, and, and they got, again, a trillion dollars worth of publicity, and that's, and, and they had to, basically, it went out of business. Sometimes. Another time is when the industry just changes under your nose. Rackspace, I don't know if you go out there on I-35, I think it's still there, I hope it is. It says the managed cloud company. Well, it had, they had to rebrand to the managed cloud company from, from the managed hosting company, because everyone all of a sudden said, the cloud's coming in, and you're the old, old guys. And they had to switch, and so they had to rebrand for that reason. So there are some reasons why you just have to. Occasionally, too, a company says, we want to reach a whole new level of uh, you know, vision, and so they do it for that reason. But you want to only rebrand. It's, it should be the last resort. Okay. Next. I'm sorry. That's we, right. can, we keep going. Anything else? Any other questions? Are we, so um, so we're, we're actually at time. Are we? Can yeah. I just can I yes. do one thing? I, I, I wanted to, to give you guys some comedy. <laughs> yeah, so this is only going to be one minute over. Go, and, go, and go I, for it. Brett's my friend. He's so I know Brett. So here, so here's some instructions. You're going to give us comedy. Brett, Brett's coming on after us. Here, you're, here's, you're going to give comedy, uh, and then here's what happened. Afterwards, you're going to go to Bill and claim your question yes, and get a and free get a version. Book, get a and book, get a book, and I'll sign it for you. Okay. Yes. So here's what happened. I, I wanted to, I wanted to write a top ten list. The top ten ways you know your brand's not working. How about that? Anyone oh God, this is gonna, this can go badly or great. And, and I start. I figure, can I write this? And I'm so call? nervous right now. And then Tommy. I got this call and that call, and then I had another call and an emergency and everything else. And then I only got five. Okay, so these are the. I didn't have time for the other five. So this is the top five ways you know your brand's not working. Okay, here's one. Number ten. I mean, really, I, I don't, I'm not claiming these are any good. You get, you anybody Ladies and gentlemen, show? you need to well, clap no, no matter what no comes out of his mouth suck. right now. Here it is. Here it is. Ready? Number 10. This is the top the top five ways you know your brand's not working. Look at my fists are clenched right now. Oh, God. Whenever you drop in on your Budweiser Clydesdales, you see him sneaking Coronas. Oh, <laughs> come on. Come on. You Fake clap, everyone. Fake clap. Working. You know it's not working if the Clydesdale Corona. Just stop right there. Stop right. No, no, keep going. Have you right, ever seen it? the, you know the Clydesdales are, Yeah, of right? course. The world famous Clydesdales, they drink Corona. This is not going to get you know, more awkward. Number, number, number nine. You know your brand's not working if passengers affectionately refer to your cruise line as those death ships. Oh, <laughs> Another round of applause. The great Bill okay, Slay. Okay, number eight, number eight. Uh, you know it's not working if consumers start shopping for your brand of soup in the insect repellent aisle. That's uh, <laughs> you know what they're going there. You don't want that. Uh, number seven. You know it's not working if you know, focus groups, right? Focus groups routinely hold the moderator for ransom. This is so awkward. You, you, you come in there, oh, they got a gunpoint. They don't, hey, you know they don't like your brand. Um, and it's five o'clock, ladies okay. and gentlemen. The, and number the last one, if you don't, number one is. It's, you know, because you haven't listened to the Brand Brothers. Hey, that's a good one. There you go. All right. There you go. Everybody, thank you for coming. We appreciate it. Thank you. Check out the Brand Brothers on iTunes today. And also, come get your free book. Come get your free book. Hey, Brand Brothers Nation. Great news. Our newest book is finally here. Want a quick way to know more about branding than even Lorenzo or I know? And how to use it right now? Well, just grab a copy or download 
The Microscript Rules, How to Tell Your Story or Differentiate Your Brand in a Sentence or Less. Best-selling author Jason Jennings called it one of the most important books you'll read in your lifetime. And if you're one of the first 20 who sent us the picture holding up the book, we'll send you a Brand Brothers t-shirt free. To order the award-winning books on branding and strategy by the Brand Brothers, or to contact us directly, visit us at brandbrothersshow.com. And as always, find other episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play for Android, and YouTube. Also, you can find The Brand Brothers Show on Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher Radio, or any of your other favorite podcast apps. The Brand Brothers Show is presented by geek to media Executive producers are Lorenzo Gomez, Bill Schley, John Largent, and Jason Barrera. The Brand Brothers Show is produced by Game Day Media.